Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. A major controversy has been brewing in the St. Louis suburb of O'Fallon, Missouri. Fellow council members voted to impeach and remove Councilwoman Katie Gatewood. That's more than a year before her elected term would otherwise expire. And that's despite Katie Gatewood going to federal court to try to stop their vote. And joining us now with more on this story is Dave Rowland. He is a public interest attorney and the director of litigation and co-founder of the Freedom Center of Missouri. Dave, welcome. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's always fun to be on with you. So, Dave, this whole controversy goes back to then-Councilwoman Katie Gatewood asking questions about the guy who was then the police chief of O'Fallon. What kind of questions was she asking that, that triggered this apparent firestorm? Well, the first questions that she was asking had to do with um, some questions about how Dupuy had handled himself when he was the police chief in Conroe, Texas. Uh, there had been a Texas Rangers report that was filed um, talking about uh, an incident in which one of Dupuy's friends on the police force had been accused of domestic violence. And when Dupuy reported to the scene with a female officer, um, the female officer reported that Dupuy seemed more concerned with his friend than he did with uh, the wife who had been subjected to this domestic problem. Um, and then ultimately, Dupuis left the Conroe police force, not clearly because of this incident, mm. but um, the two things happened in very close proximity to each other. Uh, so Katie was asking questions, and she wanted to be sure that this guy had the character that was really advisable for the city of O'Fallon. The concerns were not shared by a number of the other council members. They agreed to go ahead and make Dupuis the permanent police chief. Um, but Katie felt like she owed it to her constituents to find out as much as she could about this guy's background and about the things that he was doing uh, as the new police chief in O'Fallon. And uh, those questions were what sparked this whole impeachment effort. I understand she herself is a former law enforcement officer, so she wanted to make sure that he'd handled this domestic violence um, complaint appropriately. That's the whole source of this. That's right. Katie has has several years of experience in law enforcement. And so this is an area and an issue that's near and dear to her heart. And she wanted to be sure that the people could have confidence in the new leader of the police department there. And so what kind of steps did she take to try to figure out what had happened back in Conroe? So first, she worked to obtain the public records, um, talking about what Dupuy had done down there. And then she tried to make phone calls to people with personal knowledge about these incidents. Um, and these were phone calls to people in Conroe, Texas. Um, and ultimately, she didn't get as much information as she would have liked. Uh, but the mere fact that she made the phone calls was what the uh, her fellow council members in O'Fallon ultimately used as the basis for impeaching her. They said essentially that it was illegal for her to ask those questions under city law. You know, and what was really interesting here is they actually hired a law firm at one point to investigate her. And she shared with the council a recording of a conversation between herself and a fellow council member. He said he would drop the bill allowing the council to hire this law firm to investigate her if she revealed her sources. What was going on with this? What were A, why were they so concerned about who her sources were? And B, do you think this was some sort of like quid pro quo? Like, hey, take care of me and I'm going to drop this investigation. 
Well, that's certainly the concern. So um, once Dupuis became the police chief in O'Fallon, there were a couple of concerns raised about how he had dealt with citizens in the city and also some of the language that he had used. Um, And so there were these additional concerns that had been brought to Katie. And yeah, when she voiced those concerns, uh, there was a lot of pressure put on her to reveal her sources. And she would not do that because she was worried that the people that had talked to her might face repercussions for for sharing what they had heard. And so, um, yeah, th- that was the, the real thrust of the investigation was trying to force Katie to reveal who had come to her with these concerns. And when she refused to do it, that's when they pushed forward with the impeachment. Um, and, yeah, there is a recording with the mayor and one of the council members basically telling her, if you just tell us who brought this information to you, we will drop this investigation against you. And she, I understand, turned that over to St. Charles County prosecutor Tim Lomar. Did, did he think there was anything to this, that this was a problem, that they they kind of offered that arrangement? As far as we know, he has been looking into it. I do not know if there will be any charges filed. Um, that's a question that we just have to ask uh, Mr. Lomar. But uh, as far as I know, no decision has yet been made as to whether there's going to be any further pursuit of, of that issue. But if, in fact, there was a quid pro quo there, you give us the names and we drop this action against you, um, then it could be a a fairly significant concern. So Chief Dupuis ended up resigning. I understand this was like last June. And what was interesting is there was some press coverage at the time that he said he was quitting because of that Missouri law that basically says local law enforcement can't work uh, to enforce federal gun laws. And there was a lot of controversy around that, uh, that at the time. He gave that as the reason was his resignation in part now we know due to your client's meddling that he didn't like that this councilwoman was was asking all these questions in Texas it's not really clear um his resignation letter did suggest that the second amendment preservation act was his primary reason for resigning uh he did make specific reference though to the criticism that he had faced he didn't name Katie as uh the source of that criticism but it's very clear that he was indicating Katie. Um, so, so yes, it certainly seemed to have played a role in his deci- decision to resign. Okay. So he did resign, but then uh, the city has continued. They basically convened a board of impeachment. This was chaired by the mayor. Do you think they followed proper protocol in setting that up? Um, so yes and no. They followed the state guidelines for having a hearing, The problem that they ran into, in addition to the First Amendment problem of of pursuing uh, a city council member simply for asking questions, which is protected by the First Amendment, um, in advance of this impeachment hearing, three of the board members said publicly and without any ambiguity that they believed that she was guilty of the charges they were bringing against her. And that's a problem. You cannot have a judge sit over a case where in advance he says, oh yeah, the defendant's guilty. You can't have jurors participate in deliberation over a case where they say in advance, oh yeah, the defendant is guilty. It's a constitutional violation. It denies the right to a fair hearing in front of an impartial tribunal. So, so Dave, so I, I got to cut in here. Um, I, sure. I would certainly concur that we would want that of our juries and judges when we're talking about you know a matter that's happening in criminal court. But does an impeachment board also have to follow the, those kind of due process things? 
Yes, yes they do. And we actually have three really great federal cases where you have what they call quasi-judicial tribunals, um, where the people are not ordinarily acting as judges or jurors, but under certain circumstances, they're called upon to do that. And uh, the courts have been absolutely clear. Not only can you not be biased when you're in this quasi-judicial role, you can't even give the appearance of being biased because otherwise the people can't trust in the fairness of the system. So we're, we're very confident that what they did was completely unconstitutional. Okay. So you see First Amendment concerns here. You also see due process concerns. You feel like there's precedent that impeachment boards have to handle this like a, like a jury would handle this. You did file in federal court to try to stop this vote. That didn't work. What was the, What do you think blocked that from being a successful attempt there? That's a great question. Um, there are circumstances under which federal courts refuse to get involved in state matters. Uh, usually if there is a state criminal proceeding that's underway, that's when uh, a federal court would abstain from involving itself. Um, I felt like this was a circumstance where because it was not a criminal proceeding and because it wasn't even arguably a state proceeding, it was only a, a local matter proceeding under local ordinances, that the federal court did not need to abstain. The judge disagreed. She said, uh, look, I feel like I need to withhold judgment here. Uh, but the case remains in front of her. And now that this proceeding is concluded, uh, I think that it's very clear that the federal judge can go ahead and address Katie's constitutional claims. So will that be your next step here to ask her, okay, they've now removed her. Let's look at all these same issues that we've already raised here. That's exactly the next step. So now that they've removed her, we're going to update our complaint. We're going to amend it and uh, add the new information that we've got. And then we're going to ask the judge to reconsider the abstention so that we can go ahead and have these constitutional questions heard. I think that that's going to be successful and we'll be moving forward in the next couple of weeks. So this also triggers this question of timing. This vote has gone forward. At this point, she is not being permitted to cast these votes on the O'Fallon City Council. Her term only right. runs for like another year and two months. Do you think you'll be able to get resolution in time to get her back on this council? I certainly hope so for her sake, but more for her her constituents' sake. They're being deprived of their chosen representative uh, for this, whatever the intervening time period is, so they're being harmed as well. We would love to see Katie restored to the council, but I will say, even if she ultimately is not, uh, we intend to get a ruling as to whether the removal was unconstitutional. Okay. So th this is obviously of great interest to people living in O'Fallon, following the politics there. But one reason I love talking to you, Dave, is that you do a good job of, of giving us the bigger picture here. What is at stake in this case why someone outside of O'Fallon should care what happens to Katie Gatewood? The Freedom Center got involved in this issue because we've seen similar things over the last few years across the entire state. Uh, there was a question from the Democratic Central Committee there in the city of St. Louis about whether they could get rid of um, a member who had kind of bucked the consensus of the Central Committee. This was uh, when one of the uh, Central Committee members decided to run for alderman, even though they had chosen uh, someone else to represent the Democratic Party on that ballot. Uh, there have also been um, other issues with Republicans in other parts of the state where when someone bucked the status quo, 
the party tried to get rid of them, tried to remove them from official elected positions. And so that creates a very huge concern about the politicization of these impeachment proceedings, um, and it raises incredibly severe First Amendment consequences for the voters as well as for the elected officials who are being threatened with removal from office just because they are exercising their First Amendment rights. Well, Dave Rowland, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining us and, and sharing your thoughts on this case. Thanks for having me on, Sarah. And Dave is the Director of Litigation and co-founder of the Freedom Center of Missouri. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.